Alright, as we continue on our sacred journey, let me get a quote of Scripture to begin to refocus our hearts. Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this, Above all else, listen, of all things that you could do, of all things that are interest of you, of all things that you could give your attention to, above all else, Scripture says this, Guard your heart. Above all the things you do, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do, flows from it. So our hearts are the heart of the matter, are they not? According to God's Word and and all of the things that He teaches us, really, God has laser-like focus and He focuses on our heart. So much so that He says the entire Bible can be summed up and if we can love the Lord our God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves. So as we take this sacred journey together, really what God is doing is He's aiming at our hearts because He loves us as a tender, amazing, loving Father. And through this journey as we've wrestled with things like Sabbath and prayer and tithing and fasting, really it's to reveal our heart's condition. What is the condition of our heart? As a holy God looks upon us this morning, what does He see? Because out of this, the whole life will flow. Out of this heart, all the matters of life will spill out. So this sacred journey is a journey that we're aiming at the heart to show us the condition of the heart, but there's more. It's also to condition our heart, to strengthen our heart, to grow our heart so our heart is acceptable to Him. Well, this week on our sacred journey, we are going to hopefully develop what I'm calling a godly heart murmur. That God is calling us to develop this godly heart murmur through meditation. That we need to guard our hearts by softening our hearts. Softening our hearts with, with God's Word and meditating on Him. Meditating our, our, our mind and our attention and our hearts on God's works. Meditating our mind and our attention and our hearts on God's promise. So that our hearts will flow. So our hearts will flow in a way that, that God is pleased with. What could be a serious uh, physical health condition, a heart murmur, is actually something that is a necessity with us spiritually. That God is calling each of us to have a godly heart murmur. What in the world could that mean? Well, let's look a little bit at the Hebrew here. The Hebrew form of the uh, the Hebrew word uh, to meditate, the verb form, I should say, the gal, and its primitive root. This, this, this word and its primitive root that we get murmur really means, or to meditate means murmur and its primitive root. It means by implication that we are to, to ponder, to meditate. God is calling us to, to murmur His word, to murmur uh, His promises, to, to murmur who He is, that our hearts should have a heart murmur for Him. Interestingly, the word meditate could even mean growl. It's what a lion does over its prey. It meditates. It murmurs. It utters. It growls. And so the verb form of this word, to meditate, really is to murmur. To have a godly heart murmur. The interesting thing is I studied more on this. uh, The noun form of this word is really musical. It really has a connotation to do with the sounds of a harp. Isn't that interesting? 
So when we look at Psalm 1914, which we sang today and which Andy read for us, when it says this, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. That's looking at the noun verb of this word, which is basically saying this. It's so fascinating, so interesting. God, when you pluck the strings of my heart, when you look at the heartstrings and the tune that comes out of my heart, may it be acceptable. May it be pleasing to you. What comes out of there, the tune that comes out of my life, may it be a pleasant sound to you. Would you give me a godly heart murmur that truly beats for you? Well, you see, the reality is this. Jesus will say it this way. The meditation of our hearts, or what comes out of our hearts, is really what we've put into our hearts, right? I mean, really, the meditation of our hearts are what our hearts have treasured. What we're going to meditate on are those are the things that we love. Those are the things that we enjoy. We naturally meditate on those. When your heart is plucked in life, what flows out of it? Jesus says it this way in Matthew 6, verse 21. He says, where your treasure is, those things that are most important to you, those things that you treasure the most, where your treasure is, guess what? You found your heart. There your heart will be also. Matthew 15, 18, he says, what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. Really, you want to know where your heart is? Listen to your words. Ask others to say, hey, tell me, what are you hearing? What's coming out of my life? What tune is my life? Playing? Are we in tune with God or out of t- tune? Jesus says in, in Matthew 12, 31, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of our heart, our lives are lived. Our mouth speaks. It's just our lives flow. How is it with us? Do we have a godly heart murmur? A heart that beats and sings for Him. So that's the first call, is developing a godly heart murmur. That's clear out of... Uh, uh, Psalm 1914. What is the heart issue here? Each week we've been looking at a specific passage saying, okay, bring it down, boil it down. What's at the core here? Well, the heart here, the heart issue here is treasure. What do we treasure in our hearts? What do we really value and love and treasure in our hearts? Those things will flow out. Is it a heart murmur or a heart meditation which is acceptable to God? There are three things we got to do for us to have a godly heart murmur. We need to meditate on God's Word, first and foremost. We need to meditate on God's works, secondly. And thirdly, we need to meditate on God's promise. The first one, a heart that murmurs has God's Word hidden in its heart. We read it uh, during that song we sang, Psalm 119, verse 9, asked a great, great question. How does a young man keep its way pure? How in the world can we live our lives in a way that isn't filled with junk? How can we live our lives in a way that, that God can be pleased with and accepted? Especially in this day and age, and I love what the psalmist says, how can a young man keep his way pure today? I got to tell you, I was uh, talking to a friend of mine who was telling me what his 12-year-old son was wrestling with. And it really just terrified me. Not because it's just his 12-year-old son, it's because I have a 13-year-old daughter. And I just thought of all the implications of a young man, and for each one of us, for, for old men, young women, um, wherever we are, how do we keep our way pure? 
How do we keep our hearts pure? By living according to God's word. By living according to God's word. A heart that meditates on God's word day and night. Uh, Psalm 1, uh, 1 through 3, hopefully we'll be coming back up on the screen here. Again, it says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man, and anything that God blesses, we want to befriend. We've talked about that here. What God blesses, we befriend. It becomes a blessing to us. Uh, one, um, again, here's the, how does a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word. Um, can you go to the next passage, please? Okay. Well, forget that. Let me just keep, let me just keep going. Okay. Thank you. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight, this man with a heart murmur, this blessed man of God, this man whose heart sings for God, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates Day and night, he murmurs over it. Um, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does prospers. So develop a godly heart, a godly heart murmur. What One must first delight in God's word day and night. Delight in God's law. I love what Psalm 119.97 says. It won't be on the screen. It says this. The psalmist says, I love your law. I love it. I love your law and I meditate on it all day long. My entire day is consumed with thinking about who God is and how God is revealed in his law. I love it. If you love God, you will want to love his word and how that reveals him to us. And we want to develop a godly heart murmur. How do we do it? We meditate on the word. Is it a part of your life? Is it a part of your routine? How often? How often do we actually crack open God's word? According to Psalms, uh, this blessed man is someone who's in it all the time. Day and night. He realizes that the only way his heart can sing in a way that's pleasing to God is if he's devouring God's word. He's growling over it. He's roaring over it. He's uttering it, muttering it, living it, breaking it down, memorizing it. Loving God's Word. Why? Because it reveals our great God's character. Are you in God's Word? God has graciously come down and He lovingly has given us His love letter. And it's an amazing love letter. It reveals who He is and how He's rescued us. And He says, take it. Consume it. It should be sweeter than honey. It'll give you wisdom for life. It'll make your heart sing. I just think that sometimes we fill our heart with the song of the world. And all the, song wants to, all the world wants us to have our hearts sing. There's no room. And God says, meditate. Meditate right here. Day and night. Day and night. All day long. Hide this in your heart. Hide it so you won't sin against me. A heart that murmurs has hidden God's word in his heart. But it's more than that. A heart that meditates on God's works. Psalm 119.27 Make me understand the way of your precepts, and I will meditate on your wondrous works. Listen, everywhere we go, we should be meditating on God's works. Everything we see in creation should cause us to worship the Creator who created all of this out of nothing. 
As we live our lives, we should be meditating on the creative works of God. Oh God, you are so marvelous and wonderful. Amazing works that you have created. The heavens, the earth, the stars, the ocean, the sand. All the things that God has created, especially you and me. We need to live our lives meditating on God's works. His works of creation. What he has done in creation and recreation. What does that mean? Meditate on all that God has done in redemptive history. All that God has done to save us. We should meditate on it. Scripture says that there's a covenant called, that theologians call a covenant redemption. And it's before time began. Before time began, this triune God together has a plan to rescue us. Before time began, He thought of you and me. And before time began, He devised a plan to come and rescue us. The Father and the Son agreed that the Son would come. That the eternal God would become flesh and come rescue us. That He would go to a cross at Calvary. That He would be resurrected from the dead to give us life and joy and meaning. God says meditate on this amazing covenant of redemption that God has for us. That He could love sinners like us even before time began. We should meditate on the covenant of works that, that when God created Adam, He made him in His own image. And He promised him life if he would obey. And He gave him paradise. And God says, now go and fill this earth with my glory. Think about the plan God has for us. God has called you and me to bring light into darkness wherever we go. God has called you and me to bring order into chaos, beauty into void. Meditate on what God has done as His image bearers in Christ Jesus. Meditate on the covenant of works. Meditate on this great covenant of grace. This covenant of grace that God has promised to rescue sinners. We see the beginning of the covenant of grace in Genesis 3-5. That a seed would come that would crush Satan's head. That one would come. There was a promise made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Think about Joseph in Egypt. Think about the Passover and what God has done leading them through uh, the wilderness into the promised land. Think of all the prophets and the priests and the kings and all that they have pointed to to Jesus. Meditate on what God has done. His marvelous works. That's why He gave us His Word. He said, man, this is amazing. I love sinners. I love this world I've created. And I've come to rescue you. Ponder His works. Ponder the works of His salvation. Meditate on the fact that God, God, the eternal God, did become man. Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, was born of a woman. Although He was the creator of the law, He was born under the law. Jesus, tempted in every way like us, our big brother, yet yet without sin. Meditate on the cross. Ponder that there on that cross, the sinless one became sin. Ponder on that cross that the Holy One became your sin. Have you ever spent enough time there at the cross? Just pondering that reality that your sin, my sin, He became. Ponder the cross. Meditate on it. May your heart murmur about that. Ponder on the resurrection. We hear these things. Do we really chew deeply on them? 
the resurrection, that Jesus conquered death. That tomb was empty. Life reigns. Our greatest enemy, God's greatest enemy, has been vanquished. That we really are accepted in Christ Jesus. That death does not have a hold on us. That we know that life reigns in Christ. Ponder on the resurrection and the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Ponder on the ascension. That Jesus rose to be with the Father, to be reunited to the Father. That He now lives at the Father's right hand. And you know what He does? He lives to intercede for us. Jesus, right this very moment, is calling our name to the Father and saying, remember my blood. Remember my righteousness. Remember that I live to intercede so that we will be accepted in God the Father. Ponder the ascension. Ponder what God is doing for His people right now. Ponder Jesus' return. Jesus says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to bring a new heaven and a new earth. I'm coming back to do away with all of tears, all of death, all of sorrow. And our lives should be a cry, a heart's cry that says, come back, Lord Jesus. Come and finish this. Come and rescue us. Come and make us whole and complete. Come and bring that new heavens and new earth so that we could see You face to face, so that we could sit at Your banquet table and we could be fed by Your hand. We could be with You, Emmanuel, God with us. All death is done. All sin is vanquished. Ponder His coming back that will truly cause our hearts to sing. Meditate upon your own salvation. If you're a child of the King, Who has God providentially brought into your life to bring you to Himself? What did God use? Maybe it was early on in your life. Maybe it was later. Ponder the fact that God, in His grace, if you are His, had to give you a whole new heart. He had to remove your heart of stone and your heart of sin and give you a heart of flesh that beats for Him. Ponder this amazing God who will even give us the grace and gift of faith. He'd give us the ability to have faith in Jesus and repentance. Ponder your own salvation that a wretch like you and me, one like you and me who is dead in our trespasses and sins, have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Ponder your own salvation that those of us who went from darkness have been pulled into the marvelous light. Those who once were never a people have been brought into the people of God. Those who were once a slave have been made a son. Ponder your own salvation. Meditate on the reality of a God who loves and a God who rescues and a God who fills. It should fill our hearts with a godly heart murmur. And when someone comes and plucks the heartstrings of our hearts, or when the world does it, it should sing the song of redemption. It should sing the song of Jesus. It should sing the song of a God who is. And an amazing work that He has done for us. That's why He's rescued us. May the meditation of my heart be acceptable to You, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. May what comes out of here be pleasing because I've fed it. I've fed it with Your Word. I've meditated on Your Word. I've meditated on Your works. And lastly, I've meditated on Your promise. I love what Psalm 119, uh, 148 says. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I may meditate on Your promise. Does anything look unusual about the word promise? What would you know? Someone said it. It's what? It's 
singular. Listen, there are many promises in the Bible. There are many things that God promises to His people. But in reality, the Bible has one overarching promise. The entire Bible has one promise, and that promise is Jesus. And when we meditate on God's Word and we meditate on His works, we will be blown away that every promise that God ever utters in Scripture finds its conclusion, its yes, in Jesus. We cannot find God's promises if we don't find Jesus. We cannot find God's blessing if we don't find Jesus. Amazing. It's this. Way back in Genesis 3.15, when man fell and death came and we were banished from God's sight and we were driven out of the Garden of Eden, God didn't give up on us. That's such good news. He says, listen, I'm going to send a seed. I'm going to send a seed, and this is going to be a seed of a woman. Kind of an interesting thing in Genesis 3.15. And that this seed will crush Satan's head. Do you know that Eve thought that the seed was Cain? He's like, well, this is it. Here's the seed. I gave birth. This is going to be the Savior of the world. How did he do? He killed his brother. So we had to wait for God's fullness of time. The fullness of time would come and God would send forth his seed, born of a woman. By the way, it had to be a virgin. And his name was Jesus. The promised seed way back in Genesis 3.15. We see in Galatians 4.4, 4, all along was Jesus. What about the promised seed to Abraham in Genesis 17? That he will have a seed and out of that seed will come kings. And out of that seed will become blessings to all nations. We see clearly in Galatians 3 that that seed was not many seeds. It wasn't many offsprings. But it is one. It is Jesus. And so when God is speaking blessing upon Abraham, says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your seed. And by the way, your seed is going to bless everybody. You know what he was talking about? Jesus. Abraham, there's one who's coming that's really my son. He really is king of kings and lord of lords. And as he comes, he really will be a blessing for the whole earth. And anybody who hides themselves in him, anyone whose heart murmurs for him, will have life and truth and meaning and joy. Every promise of Scripture finds its yes in Jesus. That promised seed. What about that promised seed to David? David, you're going to have a king. There should be a king that will rule forever. Who is that promised king of Scripture that was going to come that's greater than David? That promised king is Jesus. Who's that promised prophet that's going to be better than Moses? In Deuteronomy 18, there's one who's coming. He's better than me. The one who speaks not just for God, but the one who speaks as God. His name's Jesus. Who's that promised priest that's even better than Aaron? The one who can go into the holies of holies and rip it apart so we can come too. The one who can offer a sacrifice and lo and behold, he is the sacrifice. The priest is the Lamb of God who offers us a better blood that was spilled than Abel's. It speaks mercy. It speaks life. It's Jesus. Meditate on the promise of God is a call for you and me to meditate our lives, to focus our lives, focus our thoughts, focus our attention, our passion on Jesus. Because He is the fulfillment of the whole thing. 
He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the key. He is the door. He is the gate. He is the resurrection. He is the good shepherd. It is Jesus. And we need to meditate upon him, our heart's desire. So what should our heart's posture be in meditation? I want to go back to a a scripture passage that I alluded to, Galatians 4, 4 through 7. If you have your Bibles, this won't be on the screen, but I'd love for you to go to Galatians 4, 4 through 7. And listen, this is so important because here's the call. The call is basically saying this. We got to develop a godly heart murmur. We got to have a heart that beats for, for God. We have to have uh, God's, the treasure of God in our hearts. That's the whole point. Okay. We meditate on His Word day and night. Okay. We meditate on His works, all that He's created and all He's done through recreation. Okay. I got that. But what should my posture be like? We meditate on this promise. What is God calling us to do? Is He a, is he a schoolmaster that wants to snap our knuckles if we don't do this? Listen to Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. There's that seed promise, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. The heart's posture in meditation is this. If you are a Christian, it's the only way to meditate. If we're a child of God, God wants us to meditate on Him, to murmur, uh, to focus on Him as a child accepted in the Beloved. Listen, He wants us to study this and know Him already accepted, already loved, already approved of. Isn't that good news? He doesn't say, go into my Word and go search it and meditate on it day and night and maybe I'm going to love you. And He doesn't say, maybe if you have enough things hidden in your heart, maybe I will accept you. And He doesn't say, maybe if you do enough things that flow out of your heart, maybe you'll get to the next life. He said, no, 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 I, I sent my Son the promised Jesus. And now I want you to meditate this not as a slave. You see, a slave is afraid of God's law because it will reveal his true heart. A slave is afraid to study God's law because he knows he's distant from God. And God says, I want you to meditate on me and I want you to meditate on my word and I want you to meditate on my promise and my works, but I want you to do it as a son, as a daughter, as accepted. Because then it will really start to sing in your heart. I love you. When you hear about my wrath towards sin, run to Jesus. When you hear about my holiness and you know your own depravity, confess your sin freely because I already love you and accept you. Come and and if you confess your sins, I'm so freely, I'm going to forgive you and, and cleanse you like I already have. Come to God's Word and say, God, I thank You so much for it. Help me understand it. But I thank You that I don't have to come here as a slave in fear separated from You. But I can come here as a child that loves You. And I want to get to know Dad. And I want to get to know my big brother Jesus. And I want my heart to sing for You. Because I'm a son I'm a son who's loved and I'm a son who's accepted. 
And I want my heart to cry out, Abba, Father. You see, a true son's heart, a true son's heart has a godly murmur. In love with Jesus. If we get this, if we get what Jesus has done for us, He should be the treasure of our heart. Should be the meditation of our lives. Our heart strings should play the song of Jesus continually through our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. Scripture says, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Meditate on our great God. The heart's practice of meditation. Well, here's a couple of practical things for you. As you read God's Word, let me first of all encourage you to, uh, to read God's Word. As you read God's Word, let me encourage you to have something to write down, some, some notes, some thoughts. Expect God to speak to you. Expect Him to be noteworthy. Expect Him to have something to say that maybe He wants you to chew on for the day. So let me encourage you, put some paper in your Bible, a pen. When you sit down, be anxious. God, speak and write it down. Let me encourage you, maybe you get some three-by-five cards. And as you read God's Word, if there's a verse that sticks out to you, write it down. Take it with you throughout that day. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Hide it in your heart. Be like a a mother hen who sits on those, those eggs to keep them warm so they'll come to life. Warm them with your heart. Keep on going over them. Don't let them come to life. Don't let them become cold and, and dead. Take a three-by-five card and, and memorize Scripture. Maybe this, uh, the bulletin. The front of the bulletin, I always put one verse. One verse that tries to summarize um, the entire thought of the day. Maybe that's what you want to take with you all week and say, I want to memorize this one verse each week. Start to hide it in your hearts. There's plenty of helps out there. The navigators uh, have a topical memory system. I've used this over the years. Uh, They'll give you a little pouch like this that you can put memory cards in, verses in topically. You can go through these uh, and memorize them. There's a lot of easy things online. I'm sure you can get them through your PDAs, uh, your phones or whatever. But you get a good topical memory system that you're memorizing Scripture, that you're hiding it in your heart. I, I see our uh, uh, beloved Pastor Emeritus. I remember your cards. You always had scripture cards that you would go through and, and memorize to, to hide them in your heart. Um, I try to do the same thing. So um, those are some ideas. You've got a study guide in your bulletin uh, to help you through some of the greater ideas with meditation. Next Sunday night, we will come back and we will uh, wrestle with what does this mean to hide God's word in our hearts. Don't forget this Sunday night, we're coming back for an agape meal. So uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all tonight. How are we supposed to do it? How are we supposed to keep our way pure? It's so hard. By living according to God's Word. How do we live according to God's Word? We treasure it in our hearts. We develop a godly murmur in our hearts that sing for Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we meditate on a lot of different things, but so infrequently are you our heart's meditation. And Father God, I pray that you, Jesus, we, you would become our heart's treasure like you should be, that you would just remind us, Father, as we ponder your word, as we, as we just 
meditate on Your Word, as we meditate on Your works, as we meditate on Your promise, may the glory of Jesus and the beauty of what He has done for us truly cause our hearts to sing. Father, forgive us. We don't treasure the King of kings and Lord of lords. Forgive us. We don't really treasure Your Word. Forgive us because it's so easy just to give You a parting thought. But the reality is that we're to guard our hearts because all of life flows from them. And Father, I pray for the one who doesn't know You that Your Word would say is apart from You. That God, that this message wouldn't be try to know the, learn the words that You love them. That they would instead come to You and become a son through faith in Your, your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, for the rest of us that are Yours, I, I do pray, God, that You would give us, please, for Your grace and for Your glory and for the health of this church, a godly heart murmur. A heart that meditates and beats for You. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.